Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. Today's guest is an entrepreneur who has inadvertently become kind of a mentor to me. So let's backtrack a little bit. You guys remember I had Lauren, the founder of This Renegade Love, on the podcast, right? If you're a listener from Canada, chances are you know who Lauren is because she's a branding and blog expert. Anyway, so Lauren kept talking about one of her friends, Amanda. This Amanda character had two insanely successful businesses, a great sense of style, and seemed to be smart AF. And if Lauren has this many good things to say about someone, I know they're a big deal. Fast forward to a few weeks later, I go out for coffee with Lauren and briefly meet Amanda, who has this like girl boss presence to her. Long story short, I eventually ended up having coffee with her and sort of fell in love because holy shit, this woman is knowledgeable. She's the founder of North Medical Spa, which is a skincare destination that people won't stop raving about. I personally went in for a facial and was blown away by everything from the interior to the service. They also carry Biologique Recherche, and you guys already know I'm a big fan of that. Funnily enough, though, Amanda's first major business was actually a bakery called Desmond and Beatrice, which basically grew to become one of the most successful baked goods suppliers in the city. They're everywhere. She's the definition of a serial entrepreneur because she's found success in two vastly different businesses, and she offers so many incredible nuggets of advice for entrepreneurs in this episode. Before we dive in, a little reminder to please leave the show a review if you, if you feel like it brings you value. It takes a few seconds of your time, but really helps us grow and helps me secure incredible guests so I can bring it to you guys. Plus, it helps me figure out what kind of content you guys really enjoy so I can bring you more of it. And with that, let's welcome Amanda Misen to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so first things first, tell me about your background. Were you always an entrepreneur? Like, take me back to the very beginning of your career. Uh, I didn't, I, d- I don't know that I initially started as a, an entrepreneur. I always had an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I did work for, for many companies before I started on my own journey, Um I, I guess it started maybe in university. I, I started at McGill and had to move back to Ottawa to finish my degree and uh, pay for my own school. So I took a course in manicures and waxing and opened up in a little salon at Ottawa U um, and started doing mani-pedi mani and waxing to pay for school. So that was sort of like the first thing. Like so entrepreneurial at <laughs> such a young age too, which is awesome. Yeah, I think it was sort of out of necessity. Um, I, I'm also like the worst employee. Like I just, if there's rules, I kind of, you know, my, I, my first reaction is 
you know, how can I break them? <laughs> you know, um, even in my own business, I'll set out rules for the staff. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I, like, you know, I can't sit with this for long, you know? So, um, yeah, I think just out of, out of my own necessity to not work for anybody. So that's like, that was your first thing. What about after that? Like, what did you go on to do after uh, university? I was recruited by um, Aveda to mm-hmm. work um, as their territory mm-hmm. manager. So I managed Eastern Ontario from Belleville to Cornwall. And my job was to um, oversee sales and drive sales within the spas and salons across uh, Eastern Ontario. And uh, I worked for Holt Renfrew for a while as well, managing a skincare line. Um, and... I decided to move to Toronto and uh, I think that's where um, again out of necessity I created my own thing um, I got pregnant unexpectedly yeah um, happily um, I have a, t- a 10 year old now almost 11 um, and uh, I I created a business to, to sort of support myself on maternity leave. It was an idea just for fun. And then it kind of blew up and took over. So like, tell me how you had this idea. Like you just, cause by the way, guys, like her business is this like massive baked goods business. And like, how did you decide to even start this? Like you decided to do it for fun. Would you like just put up a website? Like how did it work? Yeah. Well, I think it was, it was the very early uh, beginnings of the cupcake a craze where everybody was, you know, on that, the, the cupcake trend. Um, although I, I still don't think cupcakes are trendy. I think they're like, you know, s- celebratory. They're, they're never going to go away fully, but it was, oh, it was at the, 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 the cusp of that really big surge into, um, the trendiness of cupcakes. And so I kind of, I, I've always baked. I've always loved to, I don't bake anymore. <laughs> the, the desire has completely left my body. Um, <laughs> but I, I had always baked. It was a sign of sort of love and care for people that I knew. I'd always bring things to people or bake cookies for people. And, um, so I sort of took that interest and, and started to create and, um, test my own recipes. I wrote all my own recipes, um, but just test them. And then, um, started really small and thought it'd be fun to put up a website. I think I spent like $300 on one of those build your own, um, websites. I had someone do it for me because I like, I literally don't eat like computers, computers. <laughs> and I'm like, my logins enter. What the fuck? No one told me this. <laughs> so I had someone build my website and I just kept baking and it kind of took off. And I, I ended up trying the wholesale route and approaching independent coffee shops. And that's where things really kind of went, went big. So is that like, at what point did you realize, like, was there like a specific point where like you realized you were getting more traction than you had expected and you realized that, okay, like this has the potential to be more than a side hustle? Well, I think it's, it was the, like, I'm already, it was the mentality that I'm already doing it. I also have like an amazing partner in life that I've been with for more than half my life. My husband and I've been married for I don't even know how long, 20 years or something. Wow. I'm only 38 side note. So really like more than half my life. Um, but he, he was always just sort of like, keep going, kind of keep going, keep going. And what about this idea? And I try it. So together we kind of just sort of pushed it forward, but it was, it was this idea that I'm already baking. So why not like produce a bit more and try and get other people to sell it? Um, and sort of muddling through and navigating that wholesale concept. And the first person I approached said yes. And within, I think it was three months. I had 22 locations and I still didn't even have a kitchen. I was doing it out of my house. That is wild. So break the rules, people. Don't be worried. (laughs) I love that though. So say someone is launching a business and they are thinking of the wholesale option like you did. Mm -hmm. How do you go about approaching um, a potential like retailer? Well, I mean, for 
for food, it was, you know, yeah, like really how did simple. You go- there wasn't a lot of competition on the market. There was one other supplier and they're still huge in the city. Um, they supply, they now supply like second cup. They've gone really, really big. Um, there wasn't really anything else out there. And there nice. were so many, um, so many coffee shops to supply. I mean, Toronto is indie. That's, that's, that's where coffee lives is independent. Co- I mean, I mean, there are the Starbucks and whatever, but I think that downtown Toronto supports indie more than they maybe support Starbucks. I Absolutely. don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I, I just, I, 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 I feel that way. Like, I I'll feel that way. Indie, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'll support indie all day long. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, th- there was just not, there was nothing else out there. So I just, I, I mean, I tried it. We just walked in and just asked, you know, said, I, I always ordered a tea and just said, Hey, I love this space. Who do, who's doing your baking? just asked a question. It was really cold calls in the beginning. Now we have a much more thorough process. Um, in fact, we don't even really have a sales process. People just kind of come to us because we've been around so long. They yeah, you have a brand. reputation. Um, but yeah, it was really just walking in and asking. I mean, I, I think generally in business, just ask. Like, just just ask for it. And the worst they can say is no. And then there's somebody else to ask next. So I love that like philosophy that you have because like even just like speaking to you I feel like you simplify business so much you like literally just take all the fuss out of it and you're like oh you just do this and it's just like oh like yeah you're you're right you know that's what it comes down to at the end of the day yeah people get really overwhelmed by all the red tape there's a lot of red tape when you're starting up especially bricks and mortar there's so many permits and you know city restrictions and you can you, you know you should do this you shouldn't do that I think it's just sort of go with your gut and just do it. And it, and also like I, I always say this: surround yourself with people who know more than you. Ask, just ask questions to you find people who know more and ask. Eighty um, percent of the time, people are looking for connection just like you are, and and are maybe just one step ahead. I love that. Such such smart advice. So you've like scaled this business and like what you said in three months, how many locations were you at? We had like 22, 22. That's wild. Three months. Yeah. And, and it then, was just through cold calls and just asking people. Yeah. And, and referrals. Um, Tiero pilot coffee was one of our biggest, um, first customers. And by then we had a kitchen, <laughs> Jesse and Andy, by then we had a kitchen. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we were forced to kind of find a space because of public health and all the rules and restrictions. Um, but they were one of the biggest supporters of us getting going. Um, they, because they were roasters and they were supplying others, they would always recommend us. So we were with them for almost six years before they started baking in house. And they were so, um, kind and generous in our growth, uh, patterns and referring out. And, um, we worked closely together for a long time. So it was great. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, you grew so quickly. So what are some hurdles you faced while launching your company? Because I feel like I think when you look at it from the outside and you see like a business that's done so well, I think with uh, like just normal people who are starting out like entrepreneurs, I feel like it's nice to know that like, you know, other people also went through struggles and just like made it out. So like, can you think of any Oh my God, I hurdles. didn't have all day. Like I, <laughs> there, I knew nothing. I, I had never run a business. I mean, yeah. I'd run a business, but I never like really ran a business. Right. Um, I remember getting a commercial oven and I had no fucking idea how to turn it on. Like I was just, I just <laughs> stood there staring at it and I burnt every single thing I baked for the first three days. <gasps> I burnt the shit out of everything. I had no idea. It could melt steel. So I, you know, playing with the temperatures, I did I it was insane. I had no idea how to package things. I had no idea how to like, I, I wasn't making, I had no in initial investment to put into this thing. So I took on rent and it was, it was like claws in the cement and it felt like someone was dragging me by my ankles out the door. And it's just this sort of like relentless grit to keep going. 
and to keep trying to improve. So, um, so many hurdles. I mean, that's, that's a pretty major one. I mean, I was also just not doing, I was doing everything myself. I was taking the calls, taking the orders, um, doing the deliveries, baking everything. So I, I had a baby, Amelia was 18 months, I think when I started it. So I'd get up at, um, seven, take her to daycare. And then I would bake all the way till four, come home, be a mom, cook for her, put her to bed, love her, and then go back to work till two in the morning and then do all the deliveries and then start all over again. It was, it was, and that was, that was probably the first two and a half years. That is wild. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, you have this, you know, super big commercial bakery. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't always like that. (laughs) I mean, there's like a like major hustle and that's the thing. Like you get to the top and people are like, wow, you're already there. But it's like, okay, like you worked so damn hard to get to where you need to be. And not having the equipment we needed and like making things by hand that should have been, you know, done in 80 quart mixers and things like that. So that is wild. Well, I mean, it all paid off, right? Yeah. So you're obviously like you are just the definition of a serial entrepreneur because you go from owning this like massive baked goods business to starting north. Like yeah. that's an insane pivot. Like how? Like how did it all happen? Well, I think Desmond and Beatrice um, is still in business. It's really successful. Yep. It's been 10, 10 years now. Um, and I kind of felt like I did all I had to do. I wasn't in the kitchen anymore. I stopped baking. Um, uh, I had a team run. I have a team running it. Um, my partner now runs the, you know, uh, the books and high level management for it. And then we have an amazing manager running it. And so, you know, I kind of, um, for me, it was a bit of an exit strategy. Um, I had always wanted to create something else and, and I didn't want to get stuck in something. you know, I don't want to say the passion was gone. I still care very much about that business, but I don't define myself as a baker. I'm someone who created a bakery. So, um, you know, there was that differentiation. And then with, with North, um, I just, I kind of saw a need in the market. I started getting Botox and I was frequenting other, um, clinics around Toronto. And I just was like, someone's got to be able to do this better. It is, the service was so bad. And, um, there was no follow up. I had no idea what to do after my appointment. And for me, I was spending a ton of money or what I felt like was a ton of money at the time. And, um, I lied to my husband for like eight months <laughs> about it. doing it. And then finally told him, he's like, you know, we should probably just start a business. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And it came full circle and came back to aesthetics again. And so I did. I, I also love your husband's attitude. I feel like he's also very like, you know, just like super creative propelling you yes. as well that it's like, Oh, like let's just start a business out of this. I think it's awesome. <clears throat> so I think one of the common themes that I see with you is that you aren't afraid to like, I guess, delegate and find the right people to delegate to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, such a struggle that a lot of entrepreneurs face, like finding the right people to work, like work with them, like the right employees, whether it's like at Desmond or here where you're known for like your amazing service. Like how do you go about like finding the right people to work for you? Well, I think there's two levels to that. There's staff and there's the people who you surround yourself with outside of the business. Um, I had an amazing mentor with Desmond Beatrice. We have partners in that business. They um, bought half the business about six years in. And, um, one of the, one of the, the partners is a really good friend and he, he has a team that he works with that they know how to do business the best way possible. 
So, um, you know, above board, know your numbers, ethics first, and, and really clear ideas on, on vision and, and direction. So I learned a ton from him. Um, and so, I mean, the connection started there and then it's just sort of, uh, I keep saying it, I, you, I've, I've just surrounded myself with other entrepreneurs and, and other people doing what I do. And it comes down to asking questions. Um, so, you know, the connections I've made have been 10, 15 years of working towards towards it. Um, so that's, the, I guess that's one level, that's kind of a vague answer, but it is, um, it is just sort of connections I've made along the way and trying out things that work and that don't, one referral goes to another. With regards to staff, um, I mean, two totally separate inter- industries. I can maybe speak to North a bit more yeah, because I've kind of yep. like really created the culture here. Um, it, I, I mean, I recruit. <laughs> I, if I see someone, I, I, I get services done in other areas, or, or, sorry, at other spas. Um, so I, I definitely have recruited some people. Um, my core team um, that are still with me a couple years later, um, one was a friend. We were having wine and he just got his nursing degree. And I said like, hey, you would be perfect for injections. So he came on board. Uh, the other, one of my lead estheticians was... Um, her sister used to manage our bakery, and I thought if she had like a shred of the work ethic of her sister, that she'd be a great fit here. And she had this amazing reputation in aesthetics, so she started it with me. Um, Brooke, who manages our front, was um, used to manage the bakery. She comes from food, and uh, she's a holistic nutritionist, and had you know a, a lot of interest in running the front. So, um, you know, I think it's just it was initially personal connections. I and then it it grew from there, um, and now now we're getting really quality people applying to us. And how do you like nurture a good environment for like staff and basically like cultivate that sort of like community feeling where like everyone's so happy to be here and like just wants to do their best? Yeah, I'm a big believer in sort of, well, we out offer training. We out train our competition all, all day long. Um, I, I'm a big believer in um, career advancement and offering support um, as much as possible, whether that be, you know, emotional support sometimes, or just support in career growth. Um, I'm really transparent with my staff. There's no, um, I don't, they know our numbers. They know exactly what our sales goals are every month. Um, I don't hide things from them. Uh, I, I very much include them in decisions I make services I want to bring on. They have just as much of a say as I do. So, um, they're, they're my team. And I I mean that legitimately it is, it is a a very much a team collaborative environment. And I I think that that age old saying of like the fish rots from the head, if you, if you have someone stinking from the top, it's not going to, it's not going to translate well. So it's the energy I bring in here and the, and the team that, um, the team delivers the same. I love it. Yeah. And you can, you can really tell like everyone is so enthusiastic and just so lovely here and like you guys have that sort of reputation where you're known for the service you provide and like how much the staff here cares about clients and so like obviously you've done such an amazing job and Thank you. you know it's translated and now you're expanding and like that's crazy because how long have you even been open just over two years yeah, we took, I, I don't know. I mean, some days I sit back and be like, what the hell am I doing? I'm so tired. I need a nap. Um, we, the space, I, I, and I think the initial plan was to go really big. And yeah. to take something um, massive and have like one end point where we could just sort of stay and hum along in one big space. But financially, after year two and the investment, um, I just, I thought like a, you know, a, a midpoint stepping stone might be a better move. 
So um, we took the space next door. It became available. We're blowing out the wall and expanding. And it's actually been a really great move because it's doubling our business size and capacity. But um, but the investment's not so so crazy. So we're like about halfway through the build out now. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be beautiful. Like I'm yeah. so far, so good. They're so aesthetic, guys. I cannot. Like, <laughs> the first time I came, I was like, what is this space? Like, it's just, like, the most stunning place that I've been to. It's not, like, a regular, like, all-white spa. It's this, like, yeah. chic, like, funky place. I love it. We wanted it to feel more like a living room. Clinics are intimidating, and, and boat injectables are intimidating. They're really, like, scary when you have when you haven't had them done before. And, yeah. And, and even, you know, there's a lot of myth around... Uh, medical aesthetics so we really wanted to have a space where people felt comfy and at home and you're offered a cup of tea or water sparkling or still (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah we wanted we wanted elevated service and I we really strive to consistently be better we we always we have amazing brand partnerships with Sloan Tea and Sage Wellness and Leaves of Trees and we're we're bringing that soon to be Aurea yeah Um, but yeah we have amazing um, brand partnerships and we're really trying to kind of continue to elevate that way how did you like with north specifically how did you build this reputation in the city like how did you get the word out like how did people get drawn to north like what was the beginning of the business like well i mean i i did i don't i don't know that i really knew that it would go the way it did i mean i knew i knew it would be successful i knew that everything we did to set this up was was a model for success but i didn't know that it would come so quickly yeah um i think the way we our our entire business is founded on our initial consultation and it's a it's an educational approach to um to your options so we we give a full skin analysis we talk about all your options everything that's going on with your skin and um and I think that that establishes trust with people and that we're not trying to sell you. We're just, we're just here for options. And so starting with that was, um, was sort of the, the like, the, you know, the start of the flywheel. I don't know if you've read that book, but the, it's, it's the thing that propels our business. And then from there, it's word of mouth. And we do a ton of marketing. We do a ton of digital marketing. Um, we have a really good online presence. Um, and it's just kind of pulled out from there. Talk to me about digital marketing. Like, let's get really specific. Like, are, are we talking like Facebook ads? Are we talking about influencer stuff? Like, what do you, like, what is the formula? We've done all of it. Um, there is no formula. Uh, Google AdWords in this industry is really tough. Um, we're competing against the brands themselves. So multi-billion dollar companies to, to, to put like Google AdWords on Botox is crazy to me because I'm competing against allergan the company that owns it itself so it really was a lost cause for us anyways um yeah we do a lot of uh, we're super creative in our marketing too we're not it's not always before and after photos or you know here's what this can do for you but it's more about how it can make you feel um we uh we have about 20 to 25 percent male clientele so we make sure we're speaking to all audiences um and yeah we do we do facebook we have instagram um advertising as well and then we have a lot of grassroots stuff in-house uh, marketing. Uh, we've worked with influencers before. I'm I'm really strategic about who we partner with. Um, I uh, I'm not a company who pays for um, partnerships. It really has to be organic and um, uh, the the right fit for us and the and the, the the language and and how you're talking about us. And I really just invite people in for service. And if they want to talk about us, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, it's not, um, it's not our central focus. Love it. Yeah. I mean, 
so much can be done today like with marketing and like I think it's really great that you guys are selective about who you work with like in the influencer space because I think that that is the way to go like I, it, I think it's better if you like niche down pick the right people and have them talk about it organically and yeah. you know it's a, it's the right fit and you know that their audience is going to come as well you know yeah, I just, I, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are in the business, who are who are doing this for a living, um, and I, I, I know about the guidelines that some of the brands put on them to, to post and how frequently, and I think it just takes away from the actual experience. I'd rather just come in and if you like it and you say something great, I'm so happy. Yeah. And if you don't, that's okay too. It, it's just sort of, I'd like to take care of you. First of all, I'm way more interested in people feeling good about their service and enjoying it than I am what they post on the internet I I would way rather you say look to one friend that you loved it and that person comes in that's uh to me way more successful I love that approach though because I feel like you're focusing more instead of like the end result you're focusing on like how you're making the person feel and I think like all great businesses are born with like that attitude that like you actually really want to make an impact on someone's life you know and it's true like with aesthetics with skin like it's such a major thing. Like it can like really boost how you feel like your self-confidence, like getting a great facial or getting a service done. Like you feel badass after, you know, and it's, it's nice that like, that's your sort of mentality. Yeah. And further to that, I mean, people, people come in here with like legitimate concerns, skincare concerns, terrible acne and uh, terrible melasma and terrible pigmentation and things that they, or, or at least that they feel terrible. I'm not classifying as that for them. Um, But I think, first and foremost there's no shame in this space we never make people feel bad for their current situation oh, totally. we really sincerely are there to help them and uh we've had transformative results so it I, I don't know i'm of the mindset good skin takes time it's it's a process um if you're ready to hang out with us for a while we will completely transform your skin um but if you're looking for a one and done we're likely not the space for you but i like that because i do think that like this is one of those things like with skin you're so right it takes time and i feel like it's a it's like a partnership process you know like it's like it takes constant maintenance and it needs guidance for a lot of people as well so like if you have skin issues like the same way you like okay if you have certain like goals for your body or your business like you you gotta like work on it it's not like oh I'll like go to the gym once and like have like a six pack you know it's the same with skin so you gotta do your homework you gotta do maintenance and I think it's nice that you guys provide that sort of support for people who do have skincare skin goals rather you know I think it's awesome yeah we work with like people's existing product lines we'll tell them you know I I never tell people to throw stuff out unless it's like you know peach scrub or Cetaphil sorry if I'm allowed I don't know if I'm yeah totally fine yeah I just don't like I I can't support stuff like that but if it's if it's if you're using a good skincare line we're 100% going to get you to use work through what you're using and then we can start to make transformations or changes over time with the products you're selecting love it so your latest adventure is business consulting which is awesome um and I think it's so fitting as well so I was wondering like would you be able to give like three actionable tips to entrepreneurs who really want to propel their business forward yeah I mean uh I, I've I've always consulted. I think I've I've just I've done it for so long. I just decided to actually monetize it for the first time. Um, and there, there's a common thread I think among the people that I help. I typically have female entrepreneurs that that come to me that are in the early stages of their business or that have been running for a while and are just kind of stuck and they need to figure out how to make um, make the next move, make the next step. So um, I don't know actionable tips. I I always, I'm obsessed with numbers. So if you don't know your numbers, 
that's where you're kind of that's your strong that's sorry that's your weak point um so it's really understanding how to look at your cost of goods and your your gross profit margin and understanding that there's still so much i'm learning to be clear and i have an amazing support team that helps me with my numbers but um if you don't really understand uh how much it costs you to make something and then what your prices are and what your margins are i don't i i mean you're really not you're probably not doing that well in business. <laughs> so understanding, I help. I really help people look at their numbers, look at expense reports, understand where their money's going every month. Um, it's it's amazing how many how many people just don't know. And I, I I didn't know when I started. To be very clear, I just know now. Yeah. Um. So I would say um have a greater understanding of your numbers. There's never enough money spent on a bookkeeper, um, or an accountant. Just get get good help um in that area and make sure you're you're up to date with all your reporting. Um. I've touched on it a few times here, but surround yourself with people who know more than you. In consulting with me, I, it's sort of the silver platter approach to ideas. Um, it's a one-hour meeting where I just dump ideas at you and and then give you homework to work on it and uh, help you work through things. I'm not I'm not a coach. I'm not gonna you know help you navigate through an idea, but I think with consulting, it's it's just like I'm gonna fix shit for you. Um, so. I'm one option, but also join groups that, you know, there's networking groups and um, meetups, people in business. That's always super helpful. And then also be okay with pivoting. Um, if you're if you're trying something, it's not working, pivot, move, try something else. You're not stuck. You, you have full control. That's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is that you can really just go whatever direction you want to go. Um, so don't be afraid to, to shift the initial plan or goal and make another move. I just did it with North. I've done it with Dozen Beatrice 500 times. Um, so yeah. I love that. I, I like especially love tip number two because I think it's something that everyone can take away from, you know, like entrepreneur or not, like if you surround yourself with people who know more than you, who you can ask questions, like I think it helps you grow so much. And especially like if you are an entrepreneur, like absolutely, like you always need that help. You always need people to ask questions and just guide you and give you that support that you need. I think it's so, so important. So it's, it's such a good tip to like do that because I think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. What traits do you feel entrepreneurs need to be successful or do you see any like common themes? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think entrepreneurship is about relentless grit and hustle. It's it's just, it's there's no option for failure. Um, and it's this constant, uh, I, I think innovation is something that's really um, interesting. I think creativity thinks and innovation does. So if you can be innovative and push through your ideas and actually make them work and walk the talk, that's that's where entrepreneurs succeed. Love it. That's yeah. It's so true. Grit is a, such a big big one. And um, I don't know if you've read the book Relentless. It's by uh, Tim Grover, I think. No, I don't know that I have. It's a really it's a good book because I, all I read is business books. That's why I'm like yeah. I don't know if I have. It's probably on my shelf. I have no idea. So he's yeah. like I feel like it's very applicable to business. So he's like a big um, he's like the coach for like some of the biggest athletes in the world. So like he was Michael Jordan's coach, and like his book is called Relentless, and like he talks about like the qualities of superstars, you know, and it's definitely translated into business as well because just that like drive, that relentless drive to just get that get shit done 
no matter what. Yeah. And just not, just don't give up on it. And that's where the pivot comes in. You know, if it's just not, if it's not working, just move, move, like shift a little bit, look at something else, look at things differently. Um, I, you know, like I said, you're not stuck. There is uh, grit can look like a whole bunch of different things. And I think, you know, this, like today, this, this idea of hustle being sexy and like, you know, how are you doing busy? And I'm like, I, I say that all the time. It's gross. I don't want to be busy all the time, but I'm also obsessed with it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like looking at grit in different ways and kind of figuring out what, what grit looks like for you. But I think ultimately it comes down to, to just perseverance and keep going. A hundred percent. Yeah. What are some mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make? Numbers. They Num- don't know that's numbers. the biggest one. Yeah. I- yeah. It's the big, it's hands down the biggest mistake. If you, if you're not, if you're, if you're running a business based on cool ideas, you're probably not running a business at all. And if you don't know your numbers and you don't understand where your money's going, you're just paying a lot of money to work. So it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. You got to, you really have to dig in and understand it and hire people who can help you understand it. Um, because you have to know your sales and you have to know what, what things cost. Yeah. Love it. It's a good piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So I want to talk long-term strategy for a business owner. Like how do you craft long-term strategy and like execute on it? I have a, well, I, at this point now I have a team. Um, I work with, I've worked with the same team for probably six years. Um, and they run my website. They do digital marketing for me and, um, we build out strategy together. So I, I work six months out, um, with promotions. Uh, I tend to keep it more month to month. Um, just because our clients get super pissed off when, when we launch a promotion and we're just in for the thing that wasn't on promotion. So I tend to keep that more last minute, but, um, with, with strategy, we, we work six months out. We know exactly what events we're doing and, um, what, you know, service we're targeting to promote and, um, so I, I have, I have a support team. Um, is that what you mean specifically? Like in business? Yeah. Or, in business. Yeah. Like it, when someone is like, I don't know, like they're, they're a new entrepreneur, they have a business and they want to like, I guess ha- have a strategy in place and like they want to get a grasp of what their business is going to look like. I don't know, six months through, like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you like craft that and like just make it happen? I think, I think just get the ideas out on paper. I, I, I always, the, with the, with the, um, with my clients anyways, that I consult, I, I'm, I'm, I always encourage a year plan to write down what they want to do. So if it's programming for a, get it down for a year, because it, what it does is it helps you visualize the business past your current situation. So if you're stuck in this, like right now we're trying to launch and we're trying to get this done, it's like, great. But as soon as you launch, what's the next step for your client? Um, what are, you know, once they finish the first phase of whatever that might look like, where are they going next? What are they going to do next? How are you going to get them to come back? So if you can get it out and get it on paper, it doesn't have to be anything magic. It's just sort of like, here's what we're doing in September, October, November, December, and you've got a plan set out and you can start budgeting accordingly. And do you have like, when you work with a client, do you recommend they come up with like long-term financial goals as well? Like numbers they want to hit or is that something that it depends yeah I mean goal I goal setting for me is like I'm my whole team is driven by goal setting we all try to hit numbers together it's very unified approach to to making sure that our sales numbers are coming in um I don't know it depends on the business I I have like a really diverse range of of clients some are bricks and mortar some are um just launching uh new projects um, some are more product focused, some are online only. So it really depends. I mean, yes, obviously financial goals are great, but a lot of them are sort of in the early phases where they just need to understand where they're at right now. So, I mean, yeah, that would be the next step in recommending for sure. Love it. Um, could you share one piece of advice for someone who's just starting out a new business owner? 
Um, well, I think I've touched on it a few on a f in a few different points. Um, I, I I guess maybe I could I could say like d don't be afraid of what people tell you you need to do. Um, just you know do your research. Understand the market you're in. Look at what other people are doing, but ultimately stay focused on your vision and your mission um, and get the ideas out on paper before you start to launch. Really, really break down what things cost. And I, you know, I, I, again, numbers, 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 boring, <laughs> but really, really understand the bigger picture before you, before you move forward. Love it. Okay, so I love to ask successful to successful people mm -hmm. about their morning routines. Do you have some things that you do in the morning to really set your day up for success? I mean, I have, I'm a mom. I've got two kids. I like five and ten, and we're you know it's fucking crazy in my house in the morning. I work out. I love to work out in the morning. Um, I don't work out at night because I'm so shot by the end of the day. But I um, tend to do a 6 a.m. workout class four or five times a week. So if anything, that's the time where I can kind of start the day and re recharge. So like, let's get super specific. So like, I want to know like, what time you wake up? Are you having a tea? Are you drinking water before your workout class? Like, what do you do after your workout class? Like, I want to know details. Okay, details. <laughs> uh, I get up at 5:15, and I'm at a workout class for 6 a.m. I do Legree, I do Bar Three, and I do F45, and I alternate between the three of them or among the three of them, grammar, grammar, please. Mm -hmm. uh, I alternate among the three of them. Um, and then I come home and I quickly shower and I make my kids lunch and I chug some water and I get in the shower and then I walk my kids to school and then I come to work and then I work all day. Um, I don't call, I don't call it work. I, call, I say I come to the spa because I, I feel like work has such a negative connotation. I never refer to my business as work. Um, I love it. So that's, that's kind of how my morning starts. I like it. And I think definitely like I'm such a morning workout person as well. I cannot do it at night. I don't know how people do it. No, Cause I just want to drink wine at night. <laughs> I just want to like relax. Yeah, like yeah. that is the last yeah. thing I want to do. It's just like you do it in the morning. It like charges you up for the day. I feel yeah. also in this industry too, there's so much output. You're always like you're checking in and you're taking care of people that, that when it comes to the end of the day, any more energy output is really just like not even an option. A hundred percent. Yeah. For me anyways. Oh, totally. Um, okay. How do you wind down at night? I don't have a, I don't have a thing. Like I just, it, I, I, right now because of this expansion, I'm just working. I work till like midnight every night and you know, I so need some, necessary, yeah. some, hook me up with some anxiety pills already. Cause like, Jesus, <laughs> I'm getting up at like two, two AM and working again. Yeah. There's so much on my plate right now. There is really no wind down method. Um, self-care. I think for me, that whole self-care concept, I love, I love my job and I love my business and I love the, the, um, the high off of the initial startup of a business. And I still feel like I'm very much there. Even after two years, things kind of got quiet for a minute and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to fuck shit up and open up another <laughs> spread, the, <laughs> spread the space into the, you know, take the space next door. So, um, I, I never really sit still. I'm not, I'm not, I need, I always need to move. And so relaxation winding down for me at the end of the day, I don't even know what that means. I, I mean, help. Sure. I'll take it to give me some advice. <laughs> 
I think I see that with entrepreneurs though, you know, like they, they get so bored if they're like sitting still for too long. It's like wind down. What? Yeah. People are like, let's go, you know, let's go here and just chill on the beach for a week. I'm like, are you crazy? I don't even know how to, I wouldn't even know how to compute. I don't know what to do. I don't know what that even looks like. Sitting still for one minute. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Okay. Before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. Social media, website, all this sort of thing. Uh, so I, it's at North Medical on Instagram and Facebook and uh, at Amanda Meisen um, for the consulting. And then um, our website's northmedicalspa.com. And do you have a website for your consulting? I do. It's amandameisen.com. Yeah. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much, Amanda. Thanks. Wait, do you want to receive a short email from me with exclusive content every week? Sign up to the Icing and Glitter newsletter and I'll send you my top five skincare secrets along with a weekly email with bite-sized tips and tricks, giveaways, recipes, and so much more. I'll leave the details in the show notes.